0: And welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. I'm Dee Hogan, a writer and editor for Anifem, as well as the owner of the anime blog, The Jose Next Door.
1: Hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I am an editor and contributor for Anime Feminist, and you can also find me pretty much everywhere online by throwing Vry Kaiser into Google.
2: Hi, I'm Caitlin. I am also an editor and contributor for Anime Feminist, and I run the blog, I Have a Heroin Problem.
0: And today we're continuing our watch along of the 1990s fantasy shoujo classic, guilty pleasure, hot problematic mess, <laughs> All of the above. however you want to think of it, all of the above, however you want to think of it, it is called Fushigi Yugi. Today we're talking about episodes 8 through 14, which takes us from Miyaka returning to the book world up to her helping a pair of bandits reclaim leadership of their gang. And just as a heads up, the show does tackle some difficult topics this week, so I want to include a content warning for discussions of rape and sexual assault. As a reminder, all three of us did watch or read at least part of this series back in the day, so we're familiar with the story. But watch-alongs are intended to be newbie-friendly, so we'll avoid any specific spoilers and we'll do our very best not to get ahead of ourselves. That said... I did something silly and chose a stopping point this week where you don't technically know the identity of Toski, the next Suzaku warrior. Um, it's debatable whether this counts as a spoiler since he's in the opening theme, <laughs> but if you really don't know and you really want it to be a surprise, then go ahead and watch the first like 15 minutes of the next episode and then come back to this podcast and we'll go from there. <laughs> Okay,
1: let's get the show it's on the road. It's not just in the opening theme; it's in the next episode preview. Which, by the way, those are spoilerific. They
0: know. They're like, you've all read the manga. You know. Right. Uh, you're just You're just here for the really good voice actors voicing these characters you've been crushing on for years. We know. We know why you're
1: here. <laughs> like it shows him flashing uh-huh. the sign at everything.
0: That's beautiful. Okay, I guess you could just go watch the uh, the episode preview then, and you're good to go. Um. But anyway, okay, so let's start this off um, just with kind of some personal reactions. Um, how did everyone like the episodes? Were they better or worse than the last batch we watched? Were they better or worse than what
2: you remember? Um, just kind of general general thoughts going in. I think we're hitting probably the best stretch of the show right now. For a while, it sort of becomes a more, like, straightforward uh, adventure series. And honestly, like, with less melodrama, and that's really what I think the show does best. Um, when Miyaka and Tamahome get separated, Miyaka's a much more interesting character, uh, the character's motivations make sense, and it's not just like, everything is awful all the time! It's the most enjoyable the show is.
1: Fushigi Yugi got like, good for a hot second. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it um I
0: my favorite part of the show is pretty much this the episodes we watch here through basically the end of part one with some with some wiggle room in there. Um it's and, yeah, so I do feel like it's starting to hit its stride. I noticed this time around, like, I, I try to take episode notes just to kind of give myself an idea of, of things I want to talk about as we go forward. Uh, there were a lot more all caps notes this time around, <laughs> um, both in terms of frustration and excitement. Um, so, like, when characters would show up, I'd get all excited, and then sometimes I would I would yell at Miyaka for things. Um, so... Clearly, this is the part where I start to get really invested for better and for worse. Mm. Um, it still has its fair share of problems, but I do agree with uh, both of you that it's it's genuinely a fun adventure adventure story with a eh, romantic backbone. Yeah, it, it
1: is um, It is interesting. To, I think, uh, Caitlin, you were the one who was telling me that Watase isn't really interested in romance, and yeah. that was an editorial mandate. But at the same time, this stretch of episodes aside, It feels like the show would be absolutely gutted without that big melodramatic sweeping element to it and like the love triangles stuff
2: yeah i mean it's clearly like a major part of the structure of the show but um yuatase was really really young when she wrote it um she was only 22 years old and she clearly doesn't have like a lot of experience with it She talks about in the notes for uh, Actually for Genbu Kaiden About how writing romance Is a lot less interesting to her Because the characters are sort of um, Everything Becomes about the other person Which Is a really limited idea Of romance mm. So I don't really Know what her Experience with that is in real life But um it does it is reflected sort of in how she writes Miyaka and Tamahome in Fushigi Yugi. Um, although Genbu is better about that. Um It really but, is. But that this uh, isn't about Genbu Kaiden, it's about <laughs> the original. Someday, so. someday that adaptation <laughs> will come. Yeah. Yeah, you start to
0: see in these early episodes, especially this this first little early block we get, um which I think like Again, I really like this stretch, but those first two, there's a lot of frustration in them, um, especially because like Miyaka gets back to the book world and she and Tamahome start to become kind of a fusion of love, love. And it, it's, and that's, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, but it turns out being three months away, we'll, uh make you decide you are madly in love with the person so
1: it it is like on the one hand kind of neat because I'm used to anime where they they never actually get to characters who want to hug and kiss each other on screen they just like vaguely blush at each other until episode 25 so that's kind of nice but then also good god what do you talk about when you're not talking about how much you love each other
2: Yeah. And that's always sort of a sticking point in romance shows for me, not just in anime, but in pretty much anything, is that the characters don't often have anything in common. I don't know what Miyaka and Tamahome have in common other than uh, Suzaku.
1: Right. Yeah. It's it's all hormones. It's hard to
0: know. It's hard to know what they would talk about if they weren't talking about all the wild drama currently going on around mm-hmm. them. Right. Um in terms of like summoning Suzaku and stuff. I mean, they have they have kind of a fun dynamic at times, um kind of a back and forth like when Tamahome finds all her um real world stuff and tries to steal it. Like they, like there's some amusing moments between the two of them, but none of it it's all very right. much related to what is going on within the
2: story. Right. And Ooh. it's like okay, well after this is all over, what's going to be left?
1: Right. Um like the the fact and, that they're yeah. from different eras of different nations and, and no, no, this show does not does not think about these things.
0: Well, I mean, in, in the shows I don't the shows in the characters' defense, I don't know, there's there's always that line between like are we talking about the author or are we talking about like in the world itself? Yeah. No right. no um, like
1: I totally get why teenagers are not thinking about what are our yeah. what are our strong moral standings that might fare us well through the decades of our time together?
0: Yeah, no, they're thinking, this person is cute and I want to smooch them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, it's believable that they're sort of thrown together by hormones and drama, and uh, that's sort of what causes them to cling together. We are, and the readers, uh, that's sort of what they're thinking about. We, however, are old. Right. (laughs) Older. So older. And
1: and, and in fairness to us, the olds, like it totally makes sense in character logic, but then there's also this tonal overarching thing that this is like the grand star-crossed lover thing. Mm -hmm. Like it places such importance.
0: It goes, well, and the early episodes I thought did a better job of making it feel like teenagers who have a crush. And now it's starting to feel like this earth-shattering romance for the ages, and it's a little hard to latch onto because mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's hard to know exactly why they're so into each yeah, other. Yeah. It makes the um, jump very quickly
2: too. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she gets back and all of a sudden it's like bubbles and pop music in the background and oh, mad declarations so of eternal love. Um, yeah. It's, it's a very sudden turnaround, which I did not remember it quite happening quite that mm-hmm. quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It is. They're also very bad at communicating. Which is again kind of realistic. There are, there to me, one of the things I, I am kind of appreciating about Fushigi Yugi this time around is like, if my love story is a guidebook for how to have like a healthy teen relationship, Fushigi Yugi in a lot of ways feels kind of like how actual teen relationships yeah. tend to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but with
1: much bigger consequences. I mean, like, yeah, this was famously bad communication. The manga, like back in the mm-hmm. day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we start to see that definitely this week with uh, Miyaka deciding that she just needs to go to Kudo by herself and oh she's going to lie to everybody on the way to that decision. Um,
1: well, and also the first of many instances of characters overhearing things in exactly the wrong context.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, that is a major, major part of the plot hinges on that. Um,. And, you know, I've been sort of going through this watch through trying to give Miyaka the benefit of the doubt, generally, um, because it's really common to hate on her, cause, you know, she's not very smart, and she messes a lot of things up. But like, like her actions and her choices, like, they make sense for a teenage girl. Um, you know, she's very impulsive, and she's like, always sort of, uh, doing what seems right in the moment, and, uh... Like, when she is uh, back in the real world, she's sort of waving wildly between like, oh, I need to get Yui back. Which, by the way, that's a huge leap of logic for Miyaka to make. It doesn't make sense as a character that she would figure it out. Like, she's just like, where is Yui? Where is Yui? And then she just comes to her in a flash. Oh, she must be in the book still. <laughs>
1: Which I like, do appreciate, I mean, but...
0: I mean, and I could I could kind of see it, like, an- enough weird stuff has happened at this point that I... C- and she's got the book on her mind anyway, and mm-hmm. it's weird. It's really bizarre that Yui hasn't gotten in touch with her since they were working together through the book, like, not very long ago. Um, so I can kind of see how... Honestly, as a kid, it bothered me that it took her as long as it did <laughs> to figure
2: out what had happened. Yeah. See, but it's such a huge leap that it's like, she has no way of knowing that this could have happened I don't know. It just, it seemed very convenient for me that she figured it out all of a sudden. But Mm -hmm. she's also like talking a lot about how she's coming back for Tomahome, and she never really reconciles that she could be doing both. Yeah. And the fact that she sort of uh, switches back and forth between these two different motivations for going back is, it drives the plot like one second she's going back for Yui and she's excited to see her again and save her and the next second it's all for Tamahome and then they make out in a dark temple in the rain
1: <laughs> a lot
0: <laughs> for an uncomfortably long amount oh of time at, at least I, there are I, at
1: least there are no slurping sounds
0: oh no, thank god, god. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not gross uh, spit drool anime <laughs> makeouts it's what, uh what is no that? i actually so I, re- I had forgotten. I'd kind of remembered that that scene lasts for a while. And I think it used to bug me because it felt like they were just killing time. But watching again, I was like, no, I feel exactly as uncomfortable as Yui feels right now. Mm-hmm. This is pretty <laughs> this is pretty
2: solid pacing,
0: all things considered. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I don't um, think, like, I, I, the question is, is it effective because it was intended to be like, this is an uncomfortably long time for Yui to sit there and watch while her friends make out. Or are they just saving, is it just budget saving and it's actually supposed to be really, like, romantic and I think it's the latter. It's just sort of fun to think of it the first way. Can't it be both. I think,
0: I think, it's, like the, I think it's like the question of why did Mihaka go back into the book. It can be both. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I do think, like, that scene did actually have pretty good atmosphere with the rain and the, like, the lighting. The music. I'm a sucker for music box uh, Mm -hmm. that that was well done yeah well gosh i the music box that that's going to be important later um but yeah no i made note of the music box for sure uh yeah one of the things i do kind of like is frustrating is i i really dislike
0: love triangles and it feels like what kind of go to in most of her stories Mm -hmm. because i think she's just not quite sure how to make I feel like she approaches romance like you would approach a sports story or a shounen. Like there's gotta be a rival, right? Otherwise otherwise nothing important can happen. Yeah, it's Um, So she does a lot of, as much as I, as much as I, I tend to, I tend to flinch at love triangles in general. Mm -hmm. I do think that what we see with Miyaka here and kind of keeping with our our talk last week about uh, the book being like this big um, almost grand metaphor for like teen anxieties, Um, It is not a terrible representation of the struggle to balance romance with friendship that I think a lot of people start to um, fight with in high school and responsibilities. Romance, friendship, like your social relationships and the different kinds. And then like you have these new responsibilities and trying to figure out how you juggle all of that. Um, It just happens to get real, real dramatic in this case.
1: For sure. I I do think that having ta- um having Yui have, like, declare that she's in love with Tamahome is, on the one hand, yeah, teens, but also it's mm-hmm. the weakest part when there was plenty of yeah. conflict to drive that otherwise. Yeah. It's so contrived. It feels, yeah.
0: it feels more like an excuse. Like, she's mm-hmm. just mad at Miyaka and she knows that this is something important to her, so she's like, well, fine, I guess I'm just going to take that from you. um
1: Yeah, I mean, right. that seems the logical reaction, but also the anime decides to have those moments where she, you know, a blurrily, rem- with a Gaussian frame, remembers that time he looked at her that once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she definitely, she's definitely, definitely thinks he's cute. Like... Yeah. She's
2: definitely into him, mm-hmm. like big time. And she was from the start. Um, yeah. Yui's a really interesting character. Um, I sort of go back and forth on her because they definitely do put a lot of weight on how she's just like she really just wants Tamahome's hot body.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I don't like she doesn't know him well enough to like really actually be in love with him um, but he's cute and he saved them for bandits so she wants him
1: yeah and it's and- it's it makes me so depressed because to me a this this series um, this stretch of episodes anyway is a lot kinder to Yui than mm-hmm. I remember we're going to have we're no. going to put a pin in that and come back to that in later episodes.
0: But, yeah, we I think we probably will. I'll be curious. My, I'm I'll be curious mm-hmm. if my memory is is wrong on that front or not though, so we'll see. Yeah, but yeah.
1: I'll, um but for the most part, I I really appreciated how much Miyaka stands up for the seriousness of the trauma Yui underwent in this episode. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that deserves so much more introspection but after the reveal the anime seems to default and shunt a lot of that too oh well that's what caused her to decide to be evil was her deep trauma over being assaulted mm-hmm. and gaslit by the way but it, it shunts yeah. a lot of that into oh she wants Tamahome
2: yeah and I mean like things get really really raw with Huey. like I think some of the series I don't, I don't want to say best moments because they're actually like really really uncomfortable but some of the series most effective moments happen with yui in these few episodes um when they're in the temple of seryu and she is sort of first turns on miyaka and she's just screaming at her and blaming at blaming her for her pain and everything she's gone through and it's just it's so it's so rough because she's hurting so so bad and she just needs someone to blame and their friendship already had cracks and Nakago found that and exploited it
1: mm-hmm. and
2: mm-hmm. it's just it hurt like it hurt to see like Yo, know, I I didn't love the way they talked to each other in those first few episodes. I think Yui was really rude and unnecessarily so to Miyaka.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I think that kind it, of coalesces here into more of like a joking, teasing kind of relationship when they're talking about going to high school and seeing who can get a boyfriend first. Like, yeah, it, it sells that better as just mm-hmm. their dynamic. Yeah, but it's
2: you know like when she's holding miyaka by the hair and crying and it's all in this tight close-up like it hurt and mm-hmm. she was so excited about miyaka coming back mm-hmm. yeah it's... but she just happened to be in the wrong place in the wrong time and, well, and she'd already
0: been gaslit and, as, yeah, as i
1: pointed out mm-hmm. um Naka, of, yeah nakago has been Naka gaslighting
2: her for months
1: Yeah, And I wish that these episodes went into that more because it mentions that, like, he's been telling her for months that that she's been forgotten and all of that. Mm -hmm. But, but like, there are clearly so many other factors to this because Yui makes the jump to, I'm cool with my friend dying real fast. And it seems, as an adult, it seems clear that, like, clearly Nakago is still working on her and making Mm -hmm. this very possible while pretending to be her servant. But the anime never really hits on that either.
0: Yeah. No, it's, that is, that's one of my, like, I, I really think as far as, I think it's really difficult to talk about uh, rape in fiction in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the realm of shoujo, where not that many years before this came out, you had a series like Please Save My Earth, where an explicit rape is the starting point for the central romance.
1: I hate uh, that
0: series. Um, yeah, I... we won't, we won't get into that, but I feel like it's important to kind of use that as kind of a an example of another very popular series that was not super before that. It is a relief to see a series treating rape as a traumatic, terrible event because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as far as that goes, I, I do think these episodes handle it, um, handle it remarkably well. Like it's not sensationalized. You hear it and it's very oh, raw. God. Mm-hmm. It's that, like, really hard to listen to, but they don't, but they, they make a point of not really, of not showing it, which I think mm-hmm. is important. Um, And, um, my only kind of, the only thing about it that kind of bugged me is it very quickly, and they, they try, it's, they try to show you Yui like later, like with Tamahome, which is another very raw scene where she finds out that they know and she gets very, and she just kind of collapses, um, but they do kind of use it as a springboard for Miyaka's growth and i am not 100% sure how comfortable i am with that yeah and
1: and like i said we're going to have to talk about this as the episodes go on but there's yeah. even already a, a little bit of an, an inclination of if a woman is raped it ruins her
0: yeah well, and here's actually so here's kind of an interesting thing and again we'll this we'll be able to get into this more later as well um with these episodes in particular very much i think that is the way yui feels about mm. it but the characters around her don't they they just feel bad for her it's not like they're like oh you've been sullied or something awful like that like they're they're very sympathetic miyaka is horrified tamahome like wants to help her and doesn't know what to do um,
1: yeah that I, I mean that's why i was so surprised is because yeah those elements are really much stronger than i remembered at the same time mm-hmm. though like it does like increased sexualization after assault is a thing that happens for some people it's just down to an individual thing but in fiction it tends to turn in well like well you had sex once so now you're a and she has that scene where she's just lounging around in a shirt and like I don't trust that the anime is doing this with the best intentions
2: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. I mean she like I feel like she spends a lot of time not wearing pants now that she's evil (laughs)
1: Like,
2: (laughs) I, I feel like that's a thing uh, I wouldn't say she's evil. She's
0: become an antagonist, well, quote, unquote, I don't evil. think the series right. wants. Yeah, I got. Like, you. like
1: I said, it, it's one of those things that I think is done relatively well here, but I am keeping a sharp side eye on.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we will we will keep an eye on that and mm-hmm. and see how it see how it progresses.
2: Yes. Because Fushigi Yugi is nothing if not inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does make a really heavy overuse of rape as. Uh, an easy go-to for drama Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh like uh uh-oh Miyaka's in trouble first thing that happens is that she's being sexually threatened
0: freaking everybody tries to assault her yeah it's it's terrible um Um, I think I think oh I'm sorry not everybody asterisk not Chichiri um, (laughs)
1: Chichiri is busy he got shit to do
2: (laughs) He's busy being yeah. a
0: fucking adult. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. We will spend. I, I hope we. I hope we spend some time with him. Um, but kind of just keeping with with this particular line of of the the assault. Like even the characters we're supposed to like. What did I what did I send to you guys earlier today? Um, in the world of Fushigi Yugi, ninety percent of the men will either assault you, try to assault you, or stand passively by and watch somebody else assault you. Yeah, like <laughs> um,
2: Tomahomi and Hotohori both. Uh, push miyaka down on the bed and kiss
1: her
0: yeah. at
2: some point and that's not like that's not cool mm-hmm. don't don't do that it's
1: a, it's a, it's not romantic it's bad shit because
2: they're not doing it as like oh like this is a moment where it seems like it might be appropriate like tom Home does it this time because she's like hey no we should keep our distance right now um don't like let's just let's just try to cool it for a bit and he responds by pushing her down and kissing her and that's not no. Okay. Hey, cool. No. And then she's like, I'm "Hey, quit!" And he's like, it. "No,
0: you have to explain this better." And I'm like, "Tomahome, shut up! Right. You're being an ass." Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Hotahori
2: comes in, and they just like, like he has their... the moral high ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he treats it like Tomahome has done this terrible thing when Hotahori was doing that exact thing a few episodes ago,
1: and then does it later in the same, the next. Excuse yeah. me, the next and- episode. <laughs>
0: And at least Tomohome has the basis of the two of us have declared
2: our love for each yeah,
0: other. Yeah, like this they point. already have Like some it's not okay, of...
2: but at least there's a relationship. Yeah. Hotahori like, doesn't this... even have that. Like, and then Hotohori comes in and like starts waving his sword around, and they're just having this like metaphorical dick measuring contest. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> like, fragile hilarious. masculinity. And yeah, Miyaka's watching it, and I'm like, she's girl, not... you just should just
0: stay single. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> not yours,
2: Hotohori. She yeah. doesn't One fucking thing... belong to you.
0: I do think it's kind of like hilariously interesting or like sort of fair game, I guess, in the world of in the world of Fushigi Yugi that like, you know, on the one hand, it's not good that the that the two that the female characters are like defined by this like romantic triangle love rivalry. But at the same time, the guys are too. like everybody <laughs> in this stupid show, um, except for poor Noriko, say, who's some like crush me. on Hotohori. <laughs> Well, like... Nariko was, but Nariko was in that rivalry situation with Miyaka in the early episodes. Mm-hmm. That has thankfully uh, abated um as the two of them have become like legitimately kind of cute friends. It's, it's real uh, cute. Nariko and Miyaka? Like that. yeah, um I honestly love the scene where Miyaka comes back and she's like, "Nariko, you're just as gay as ever," and Miyaka and Narika's like, "You're just as dumb as ever."
2: Yeah, it's got to um, give it a good give and take in that scene. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it it's like on the one hand it's not my favorite because holy shit the homophobia in this stretch of episodes but also just yeah. as far as it reflects their their like cute bickering dynamic I'm all about it.
2: Yeah, and I mean there are people who who like would be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. you have to have a certain comfort level with people like you don't just do that with like someone you just met like a week ago, but like I know people who like that would be totally acceptable to say to them yeah. playfully.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there is yeah. a level of trust in there that makes it more okay for them. It's just well, and
2: it's one of those things that would be just
0: straight up cute, I think, if it weren't for the fact that there's all these other yeah definitely bits, um, mm-hmm. just b- of of running from of running the gamut from insensitive to just straight up mean spirited uh, homophobia with uh, homophobia within the show. Um, that every time it comes up is so jarring, and I think I think a part I think a part of me. Kind of a, has sort of an impulse to go. Well, it was the '90s, but that's not a good excuse. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't give it, I shouldn't give it leeway because of that.
1: I, I mean, um, I, I get the inclination because this is a show yeah. you love, but also, what the fuck, Fishy Yugi?
2: Well, it, it yeah, was, it, yeah, it was the '90s, and like, it's not that it was okay, but people were more ig- ignorant. It wasn't as well exposed. Yeah. Like, it's, but it's still ignorance. I don't know. It's, it's not like a cut and dried issue cut and dried thing mm. it is a pro- it's a product of its time mm-hmm. um, but yeah oh
1: god and I'm of course there's certainly the sense. fact that you know like somebody like Togashi was a lot more progressive in certain issues but uh, wasn't able to do certain things uh, based right. on editorial mandate for a long while and yeah all that I stuff. don't I uh, listen
2: I hate Bakuman um, but, <laughs> but Bakuman does occasionally give, um, some interesting insights into the industry. And one of them is like the amount of control that editors have over the, uh, output. And I don't know how dramatized it is, but there's definitely like a, at least a grain of truth in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, one gets the impression that if there was progressive thought, it was squashed while the really horrible shit was allowed to, was either encouraged or just allowed to go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I always get the sense with, um, I mean, I know I said last week that I, I felt like Watase's heart was in the right place. I don't know if that's exactly the right way to word it. Um, she, Nariko is a very likable character. And I think that is worth mentioning. But there are also a lot of a lot of issues with the um, with the development along the way, and the fact that you have a character like Chichiri who is basically defined as being like almost too nice. Um, even Say him making like shit. even him making like a really na- like a really nasty remark tells you that it's not like it's not it's not a comment. It's not like a it's not like well, there are characters in this world that are homophobic. It's like it's baked into the. Story, into just like the writer. Yeah. does that make yeah, sense?
1: That yeah, that was that was the moment that was honestly the most shocking for me because it was to Yeah. And it was like, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Yeah, Chiri, I, you were. I thought you were better I hate than that this. line.
0: I hate that line because it's it's very out of character and it, it does. It I mean, tells
2: do, you we, that, want to, you do that we want to? Do we want to specify the line for our our listeners?
1: Yeah, like Noriko calls him a weirdo, and and Chiri yeah. responds better weird than gay. Yeah. yeah. Um. In and the dub like, he
2: says, "Hey, I'll be weird and you'll be gay. How's that? Like, which is so much a better line." The dub
0: softens. The dub softens a few things, which I think is really interesting. Like there was, I think, because well, the dub came out a little bit after the anime, um, so there's a little bit of a, of a time right. gap there as well. Um, it was when there, dubs
2: dubs took a couple of years mm-hmm, to yeah. get made,
0: um, and. I, it does kind of feel like with some of the changes they made, it kind of feels like there was a conscious decision on somebody's part to make it a, as a little more sensitive without like, cause I mean, at a certain point there's, oh, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like uh, the scene when, um, when like the, the, when Miyaka finds out Narika was um, assigned male at birth, um, there's the dub straight up changes one of the lines. Cause oh. Miyaka's like, wait, you're a dude, but you're in love with Hotahori And in the sub, Nariko says something like, I've forsaken the path of manliness for love or something like that, which is, which is a weird line mm-hmm. um, that kind of goes into that idea that like sexuality and gender are the same thing mm-hmm. um, that Fushigi Yugi has an has a ongoing problem with. Um, but in the dub, Nariko says, I think, I think the line is just like, sex doesn't matter where love is involved.
1: I like Nariko so much. Oh,
0: uh. Um, which is is good, um, and it's but it's much better. And clearly, somebody looked at that and went, "Okay, we're just gonna
1: uh-huh.
0: make Noriko gay, and it's gonna be all right." Essentially, was was a decision that I feel like was made with that with that dub change. Right? Because yeah, um, I mean, the video game also does a much better job of handling that whole mm-hmm. that whole uh, scene and their relationship. And Rico doesn't get crapped on for being. Um, Gender queer or trans, or I'm, you know, I think there's, I think there's some flexibility in how you interpret Norica, yeah, well, um, but the, they don't get. Uh, that, that's
1: one area where, where I where I will give a little bit of credit for trying, but not as far along because trans rights have come along so mm-hmm. far so fast.
2: Yeah, and not just very rights, true, but like how how people understand it and mm-hmm. even know that it's a thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it like the the that's that's a case where I'll give credit for the the attempt, uh, but the, and then there's stuff like. I'm pretty sure that the weird, awful shit between uh, Nakago and Tamahome is because Watase thinks it's hot. Like there are multiple author notes. This I do recall where she like quietly tries to nudge people into into making dojin of them. But oh yeah, <laughs> Watase
0: loves her dojin. But but um. then also
1: like you done made a scary bisexual villain is what she did.
0: yeah Yeah. he's he's very we get that one scene where he grabs tamahome's chin and you're like and he says something like i like you and i'm like
2: oh no (laughs) Um, (laughs) like it's it's very concerning and then tamahome just sasses him and gets slapped
1: yeah like this is entirely you're a fujoshi and you thought it would be fun to put this in here and you didn't think at all about how it affects real people
0: yeah, as, I mean, as kind of a as kind of a fun sorry, as kind of a fun fact, um, I, I believe I read this interview somewhere. Watase's favorite uh, non-canonical ship is Tamahome Toski. So really? make of that what you oh. will as we move forward in the story. Yes, interesting. I never <laughs> um, thought of that one. She, huh. she likes that one. When the obvious answer is Toski Koji, because it's really the best ship in the entire show. It's very
1: good. Um, they admire one is. another platonicly.
0: Oh, okay. I do. I should, I should share this with our listeners. Um, so I've been re there's, you can find translations of several of the light novels online via an old ass angel fire website. If you want to go searching for those, it's great. They're in like multicolors and it's very, it's very early (laughs) 2000s internet. Um, but, um, I was rereading the Toski one kind of in preparation for this, for this podcast and it's bad. First of all, there's a lot of like, there's a really cool spunky female character in it, but, um, it's got a lot of like, Uh, sexual predator villains who are also gay this time. Um, so, you know, Uh and then, um, and then there's so much no homoing between Toski and Koji. There's a a scene that I shared with the, with, uh, Caitlin and Rye before the, before we did the cast, um, where it's basically like they like look deeply into each other's eyes and koji's like i'll take as many scars for you as you want i'll follow you anywhere i admire you and then and then it's like i mean you know platonically you're as a leader as a friend no
2: no homo like can you get can you like (laughs) no homo any harder than that (laughs) <laughs> it's so
0: it's it's yeah i'm like come on just clearly you want to lean into this light novel just lean into it let it happen they're separated It'll for be the great. series
1: it's fine
0: <laughs> yeah it's all good um They're fun. I I want, hmm, should we, okay, so should we go on to talking about the new characters that we get to meet this week? Or should we go back so that Caitlin can uh, yell about Hotahori some more? No, let's yell about Hotahori. Yes, let's yell
2: yell about Hotahori, because the way he behaves in these episodes is just absolutely inexcusable. Let's start with the episode
0: that I like to call um, The Adults Frantically Try to Keep the Teenagers from Starting International Incidents. <laughs> um, which is, so, like, so Miyaka runs off to Kudo, um, which is a bad decision, but uh, I will give her... I, I, I finally, this this, t- this watch through, I think I finally understood the logic behind it, which is she hears you need to be more responsible, and she takes that to mean I need to do everything on my own. But, which Yeah, is, which is...
2: Le- Definitely a high school thing. Mm-hmm. I feel. Um, mm. What were you gonna say? It's it's so much less responsible because it really is. Millions of people are depending on you.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and it would be one thing if like if Home was like, "No, you can't. I won't let you." And she's like, "Fuck you. I'm gonna go get my friend." Um, but he doesn't, he's like, I just want to, let me come with you. I want to, I want to come with you and help you do this thing you're trying to do. And she still won't do it because right. she's like, no, I can't ever put anyone else in danger ever again. And she gets a real bad martyr complex, which started last week and is continuing. Yeah. Um, um
2: and that's actually, um, that, that's something that I really liked about this stretch of episodes is yeah i mean it's not great that yui's assault was used as a springboard for miyaka's growth but that growth was there and it was important and she starts to realize the impact she has on this world yeah um and that she is important and that her life just her staying alive is really important uh, yeah, that, and that people are dependent well, on her.
0: and I think I think this I think the series does a pretty decent job of that. Of it, it's like, what happens to Yui is part of it, but you can already see her moving in that direction, um, pretty much from the moment Chichiri drops those fat wisdom beats on mm-hmm. her. Um, right. That well she starts it's... to think. Oh wait, there's more going on. I need to be. And then so then you know. So then she finally goes. Okay, no. This is the. This is real. I have to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, after like a combination of things
1: happen. It is. It is um, definitely very lucky that Miyaka is in kind of a broad sweeps melodrama series because she just gets dropped into this and assumes that she's on the right side of this international conflict because that's where the hot people are. <laughs>
0: that is a point yeah like <laughs> evil people are ugly didn't you know <laughs> yeah they're they're either ugly or they're foreign so
2: <laughs> <laughs> nakago nakago um, is very very strongly coded as being anglo looking blonde like, oh, hair yeah. and blue
1: eyes the foreign uh, yeah them. oh yeah like i know everyone He's in super, this series yeah. has
2: like crazy different colored hair and that's sort of always the discussions like none of them look japanese but it's like he's got or chinese i guess in the context of the book but yeah yeah east asian um but like he you know he's got sort of that foreigner coding foreigners in uh anime tend to be drawn as like shiny shiny blonde hair big even bigger blue eyes and if it's a woman big boobs and if it's a man just sort of a larger build in general and um, unfortunately
1: historically that she couldn't give him a gun so he's just got huge shoulder pads <laughs> or just say hey, he can fuck fire all off he
0: can
2: fire off chi blasts that's kind of like that's a gun <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah so nakago is very much coded as being visibly foreign um compared to everyone else like and he's almost the worst. Okay, he is the worst, but we have he a is... couple of
0: characters who are the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which circles back a little bit to what I kind of what I was sort of getting to with Sorry. Um, Miyaka running off to <laughs> I Kudo. Took that no, on it's a okay. I'm, we, we had we had a really good tangent there and I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, is that so Miyaka goes to Kudo and I one thing I thought was kind of interesting watching this again is how every other character sort of reacts to Miyaka's attempts to be proactive even though she doesn't really know what she's doing um cuz like Tomahome is cool with it but he wants to go with her. Um even though she tells him she doesn't want him to, that's he's very insistent that he's going to go with her. Mm. Um Nariko kind of just lets lets it happen. Yeah. Um, Nariko
2: I wish P- Nariko were more active. Nariko tends to be like in these episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nariko gets plenty passes. to do later.
0: Yeah. But okay, anyway. They 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 do get sidelined a little bit here. Um Chichiri does kind of kind of what like I feel like possibly a good parent would do, which is goes, "Okay, well, you're an adult. You have you have some uh, some wiggle room here in terms of agency so but I'm going to keep an eye on you so if things get bad <laughs> I can be here to support you and get you out of trouble um, meanwhile so so all three of those reactions I think like I think we can talk about like the levels of good there but to me they're all they're all pretty decent in terms of kind of respecting what Miyaka wants to do mm-hmm. Hotahori meanwhile goes I'm going to go after her and bring her back
1: this fucker uh,
0: uh, yes <laughs> and his Poor beleaguered, I can only imagine, very stressed out, um uh, advisor, <laughs> I guess, has to go, dude, you will start a war.
1: A... You do know that, right?
0: <laughs> you do remember you are the emperor, right? And and um, then
1: when Chichiri Dad tries to enable this bad, bad, fucking awful decision, Hotohori he... s- slaps an additional dick card down. One more. Yeah. Wait, wait,
0: explain that. Explain that.
1: Because, like, he's like, okay, I'll pose as you so you can go do this stupid, stupid, stupid thing. And then Hotahori, yeah. instead of being grateful, is like, you don't look sexy enough to be me. Yes,
0: right. He's such an asshole about it. It's like, this guy oh. felt bad for you because you're clearly sad that you can't go on adventures with, with your new friends. Um, I'm going to do you a solid. Thank God I took that poli-sci course in college. <laughs> I got this. Um, oh, okay, actually, sorry, can I can I share um, some of my some of my useless fushigi yugi knowledge of course there is a paper thin reason why jiji deciding that he can be the emperor for like a month is maybe not the worst idea ever and kind of has some logic in world um and this will never come up in the anime so i can just mention it here um it's just in the light novel there is a throwaway line in the light novel that i realized this last time i was rereading it and just kind of started chuckling um where it's sort of offhandedly mentioned that his Family are like we're like well-to-do government officials, huh? Oh, so he probably so there's so there's like a pretty good chance that that was kind of what he was gonna do, um, and now he's a monk, and we'll get into why eventually, um, but. So there is at least kind of a reason there where he could think to himself, well, I kind of know about politics. <laughs> I can probably do this. I am a fucking adult, which is more than I can say about this asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to run off to another country and possibly start a war because mm-hmm. of my feelings.
2: Yeah, for, um, um, and for context for our listeners, because this is never actually mentioned in this series, Chichiri is 24 years old
0: yeah that never comes up in the series itself um, it's it's kind of hinted at based on like how much time has passed between some other stuff you find out later but yeah he is 24 he is an adult like um, Nakago, significantly Nakago so
2: older too he's like I he's mean, in his o- 20s yeah yeah like quote-unquote older um but other than them like the hotahori is the oldest character and he is uh actually i think nariko's a year older than hotahori no
0: i think, don't quote me on that i think I, nariko's I 19 the same
2: age i think okay um, okay. Yeah. And but... there's a couple
0: characters later who are older, but Shishiri is like is like noticeably older than them, and you can tell <laughs> oh, by the way he acts. Anyway,
1: because these so... are children. These are dumb children with the fate of millions that... of lives in their hands.
0: The good news. The good news team is he has been training for three years for this, and I'm not joking. Um, again, in the light novel, this isn't in the anime. I can talk about it. Um, his training under Tightscoon is. Basically, following a nyan-nyan around as she keeps getting into trouble and he keeps rescuing her, <laughs> so he is prepared. By the way, I... he is prepared for children running off and getting into trouble.
1: As of this episode, <laughs> I officially hate Tightskin and everything. That's fair. Everything yeah. to do with because like between the uh, the the Nyanyas' uh, horrible homophobia towards Nariko and in this God, episode, yes. her being like uh, her talking Miyaka out of her trauma by being like. You know, Yui, that just had bad luck being raped. Like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. I officially hate you now.
2: I mean, it's. Yeah, like, like it's one I thing to think say, hey, wrong. don't blame yourself, but. Good God. It, I mean, in a way, it was bad luck, though. Like, Miyaka, that's sort of like Miyaka was lucky. Yui had did have bad luck, and horrible things happened because of that bad luck.
1: I mean, it's one of those things yeah, of, think, like, I you're not wrong, you're just is- an asshole.
2: Right. Yeah, it's one of those. It's so callous the way mm-hmm. the way Tidescoon goes yeah. about it,
0: which is which is yeah, it's very bothersome. Yeah, Tightskun's a jerk. it <laughs> Turns out, um, so well,
2: she is a god, and traditionally gods are assholes. Point. That's also also <laughs> fair. Um,
0: anyway, um, um, anyway,
1: hotohori hotohori. being an asshole.
0: Oh yeah. We was there assholes. anything else you wanted to add to that, Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> Just... I know you're I know you're coming down from the fact that you used to really like him and now you're like, Why? <laughs> so you probably have a lot here. <laughs> yeah, well
2: there's this he yeah. just acts so entitled to Miyaka and like so tone deaf for her like every everything she's going through and her every emotion and he just wants to protect her. Um and he acts like he lo- and he says he loves her, but like we said last episode, he loves the idea of her. Mm -hmm. But he still will not, like, fucking leave her alone. And he doesn't treat her with, like, she has any kind of agency. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really came to a head for me when they were in the forest. Tama home had just gone to Kudo. Miyaka is super, understandably super upset. Mm -hmm. And Hodorori shows her a note that he left that said he loves her, and then immediately
0: makes a move on her. Right? It's worse in the manga, by the way. In the anime, he just hugs
2: her. In the manga, he, like, straight up kisses her. He tries to kiss her. Like, she, she stops him, but he starts mo- moving in for the kiss, and it's like, what the fuck, what a hurry? dude? Hotahari?
0: Hotahari has no concept of, I mean it's kind of it's kind of interesting to me because canonically like not canonically, in the context of an emperor um figuring out he likes somebody, I think the way he behaves is kind of on point, but the series doesn't seem to realize he's being awful, mm-hmm. yeah, right, not as much as it should, I guess, like like Miyaka does push him away, and she's like, no, she's like, no, quit it,' and like she clearly doesn't want it, and so the series you know makes that. But it, there's still this sense that like Hotaru is still being painted as kind of like this. It's a sad love triangle. Sad, this sad, lonely, unrequited love thing, and it's like
1: mm, he's also being an asshole. Right. So there's that. And then there's a, there's that moment later where Miyaka then feels guilty because his unwanted feelings are causing him pain, and that is such a real thing, and I felt for her so much. It is like he's made yeah, it her that- problem.
0: Yeah, and that's that's really unfair. He does at least acknowledge that he knows it's unfair. But if you know it's unfair, then don't do yeah, it. Yeah, keep your goddamn
2: mouth shut. Why do you have to tell her now? <laughs> when well, she's got so much on her plate already? Because it's this like, is his chance, Caitlin. Her this best, is his chance. Tommy's gone. Has betrayed her. Her boyfriend yeah. is a prisoner in an enemy country, and now she's got this fucker <laughs> being like, "Hey." I love you. <laughs> and she is totally the type to internalize everything. Oh yeah. And, treat- and martyr complex everything her fault. Mm-hmm. And so now she's got guilt on this on top of everything else. What the fuck, Hodohori? <laughs> like, not okay. She's awful. Oh my yeah. god.
1: It's, it's And you know real what?
2: Bad. He is old enough it's to so know bad. better than that. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I agree. I am inclined to agree with you that at 18 you should have your shit more together than he does. Right. Especially if he's the emperor. Like, he clearly would have had to grow up fast. He didn't, though.
1: He he super didn't.
0: Oh, oh gosh, you're right, because his mom kind of did everything for him. So,
1: I guess I guess not. He, um, he is a large child. They're all children. Except for <laughs> Chariot. <except cherry. laughs> <except laughs> and, and also, like, kudos to you, you, just uh, kudos to in comparison to Tyski, the uh, the guy who's trying to go Ta- out and villains has got to yeah sorry uh, yeah tsky who's, Ta- who's 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 trying to go out and be like villain's got a vill i got to make an example of you and eh, maybe not though <sighs> like he's better at this shit than hotohori yeah, is while his- trying to be awful
2: oh man yeah speaking of uh adults who are not assholes what do you guys think of Keisuke? I want to talk about Miyaka's brother. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, I've I've always kind of liked him. He very much reads like uh, just an older brother. I like that when she tells him the story of the book, he clearly doesn't believe her. Yeah, but he kind of but he kind of humors her. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, assuming this is true, um, which I thought was really kind of a nice thing to do, because why
2: would you ever believe that? But everyone, everyone else in like in the real world sort of treats her like an idiot. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. like he's Mm -hmm. so like, super respectful to her and it's mm-hmm. just very very sweet and he's such a, a a nice good big brother who's very supportive of her and i love him yeah, he,
0: yeah, but there, he's also but at the same time, he's also still a brother. So on the one hand, I feel really bad for him having to read all these really awkward romance <laughs> things they his go sister? into that.
1: He's so uncomfortable he with is, it. But like he's yeah, well, remarkably un- nonplussed by all the horrible things happening to his sister. He's
0: he is reasonably chill about it, yeah. Um I think he starts to get well, and there's there's a line early on where he's almost not sure that it's actually her. Mm-hmm. Like he's reading it like and he because I, I I screencapped it because I thought it was kind of hilarious. He's like, Is Miyaka really the priest of Suzanne? I mean, and I there's a think pause. He's, he's like, not, "Why is she
2: so popular?" He, he doesn't actually believe it's not her. He's just like, "Seriously, right? This is, mm-hmm.
1: this is my sister." What? Like you saw yeah. her vanish into a book, my dude. <laughs> like at that yeah. point. Um.
2: Yeah. No. It's
0: KSK is really good. No, I, I do like Keisuke. He's a he's a good older brother in a genre that doesn't always have good older brothers. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: well, in a he, genre that a nice often, of... even in yuwatase works, in, in a genre where the older brother frequently wants to do inappropriate things to their sisters. Yes, <laughs> frequently. Low bar.
0: So it's nice that low bar, but cleared. He cleared it. Yay, <laughs> okay. um, He cleared it with ease too. So he's got he's got that going for him. Um we are let's see we've touched on pretty much everyone. Noriko continues to be awesome, right yeah. like we didn't get like Noriko's kind of sidelined in these episodes but uh, we
1: so I feel like we I love them mention so that Noriko's much. still pretty great. I, I, I love so them good. so much um, and I feel for them because they're they're clear they their traveling outfit is excellent but also mm-hmm. like the fact that they immediately go back to female dress as soon as they're back in court kind of hurts my heart a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. yeah I do like that their their road clothes are um like they're masculine in the sense that women just didn't wear pants mm-hmm. um, right. at the, in this time period. But there is kind of a general a gender neutral quality to them mm-hmm. in that they there is kind of that long sort of skirt thing going on with it. And so, pink. Um, I, I, I hmm? And
1: pink. And pink. It's very pink, <laughs> which as
0: we know, is the color of the ladies.
1: It's true. So, it's, it's a very thank cute, you. It's a very cute look that they're rocking. Mm-hmm. It yeah.
0: is. I like it. Um, I, I One thing I really like about Noriko is I feel like in some ways they not only improve the story just by existing in it, but they improve the other characters. Mm-hmm. Like the one, the, the couple of moments I almost enjoy Hotohori Hori is when they're interacting with Noriko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is when he's, cause like when he, when he like is getting ready to like chase after Miyaka and Noriko gives him shit about like, oh, you run away so well. <laughs> God, um, so he's like, I wasn't good. running away. So sure you weren't. <laughs> um... It's really, it's. It's it's kinda cute that um as Noriko kinda spends time with Hotor, they are there's less of that kind of starry eyed like um teen idol thing going on with him and and their 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 relationship is is developing in a way that would be really fun if the series
2: um weren't just so shitty to Nariko.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um yeah. and gay
0: characters in general, like that, that poor cute bandit who just
2: he, he just <laughs> he just liked Hotohori, okay? It it doesn't <laughs> matter if he's a man or a woman, like He's just beautiful.
1: It pisses me off because they could have so easily had him get a crush on Noriko instead, but that might have been in danger of being reciprocal, so we can't have that. We only have sad gays and evil bisexuals.
2: I mean, so far. There was, there was uh, I mentioned this in the chat, but there was a shrine for that character back in the day before probably some of you listeners were born. <laughs> um when the internet was made up largely of fan maintained pages um yeah i about remember that oh, there was a like whole page that. for him did you find it through the anime web turnpike oh, oh god maybe um
0: that's highly likely i i was i was neck deep in the Fashigi fandom so i i yeah. had i had a lot of links getting thrown at me for a while there okay. um that to me I, The way fandoms interpret works is always interesting um, and in, in light of, of, you know, just kind of how neck deep I was in Fushigi Yugi Mm -hmm. and I think I, I mentioned this to you guys in a, in one of our chats too. Um, My memory of this series is such a jumble of, of multiple translations, the video game, the light novels, um, the manga versus the anime. Um, And then also on top of that, like, like, fan fiction and fandom kind of headcanons. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff I'd kind of just forgotten about. Like the fact that the series is so mean to uh, like queer folks in general, um, right, kind of casually. So, and, and part of it is like, like with this, like I remember this bandit and I re- but like, and again, part of it was just the time period, but there was that sense of um, nobody. I don't remember anyone looking at it and going, Oh, this is like law gay panic. It's so shitty. Um, people just looked at it like, Oh, he's so cute he needs a boyfriend. It's too bad Hotahori doesn't like guys. And it's very interesting (laughs) to me that kind of like almost inherent softening that you sometimes do when you really like a product Mm -hmm. or a, or a show or something. Um, and also maybe just like the way people looked at media in general, you know, um, 10 years ago ish, and then some versus nowadays.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely, which it's like, if, have you read, um, like even from the early two thousands slash fic now, It is no a trip. No,
2: I never got into slash fandom. A million. Me neither. Really, it's is which mm,
1: it's something. I'm like
2: more into more into uh, watching boys kiss at 30 than I was at 15.
1: Mm -hmm well <laughs> it's just no I so I didn't bat an Go eye ahead. I didn't bat an eye at it then of course because I was I was a dumb small children but there's 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 so much about the tragedy of being gay or like the big central you know central point around so many stories about prejudice and coming out and this martyring effect that is about like the tr- casting it basically as a melodrama rather than any kind of real world thing and it's just very interesting. <laughs> Uh, because um, like this sense of this sense of not only do none of you know what sex is but also you've never <laughs> met an actual gay person this is third hand isn't it
0: <laughs> and I remember kind of pushed because I, I didn't read like a lot of slash but I I was sort of aware of it and I remember the few I read it bugged me because it just it just felt so inaccurate and like I didn't it wasn't like I had a I had a a deep background in it either. It just felt very, it just felt kind of off to me. So I, I do know what, you, I, I think I know what you mean about mm-hmm. that. Um, on the other hand, I wasted a lot of years of my life not shipping Toski and Koji, and I
1: regret this now. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> very good and adorable, and, to, and, and Toski is, is a good character here. I like him. Yeah, let's talk
0: about our trash bandits to oh, finish off, because gosh. we get one episode with them, and they're enjoyable, despite also being problematic, like pretty much everything in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Yeah. Like, I think it's really again sort of interesting for the in, in terms of the time period and kind of like maybe what it tells you about what Tase's uh, feelings about guys in general, in that um, we're so, we're sort of supposed to immediately, how do I put this? Um, so the stuff with Aken, the like evil Reikaku boss who uh, immediately uh, tries and halfway succeeds in sexually assaulting Miyaka. Um, so. Caitlyn got to add that to her counter. <laughs> um, yeah, is like like clearly it's clearly a clearly an awful person, um, and the other bandits are like automatically coded as being slightly better because they just want they just want Nariko and
2: Hotori to serve them tea right. and hang out with them. Um, they, but on they the talk other about hand, what a creep uh, Akin. Sorry, what They're, they ta- they do talk about what a creep he is. Yeah,
0: but at the same, and then like, and then like you get the shot of like Koji walking away and like he pauses and he clearly is not like, like emphatically not okay with what's happening and feels very like upset and bad about it. But at the same time, they all just let it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so that, that kind of passivity there is, is sort of interesting to me in terms of um, like rape culture in general, I think. And also the fact that the series is clearly coding, Koji is being coded as a good guy who will like help you out later in the story at that point. Um, and that that's, that's our coding for a good guy is, is not, is not, not a hundred percent cool with just having your way with somebody,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is, which is a shame. And then of course, Toski's first thing is like trying to kiss Miyaka. Um, yeah, because I guess that's just how everyone has to enter the story is by assaulting somebody. And
1: then he gets, cause like he, he stops, but then his line about it is, I, I don't like girls who won't even cry
2: yeah, yeah which that, was, a, that made it weird like uh-huh. that's a very
0: troubling line the line in the in the manga is a little bit more um, I think it I think it gets sort of the point across of what's a, what's attempting to go on there mm-hmm. is that he's kind of trying to scare her so she'll be a good hostage and the line in the manga is basically like it's no like it's like there's no point in terrorizing you if you're not if, if it's not gonna work basically yeah mm-hmm. um, and so, I mean, it's still bad, it's, but, but it's, the line is at least, the line is at least not, not so, like, rapey. Right. Um, yeah. But, Which but then they, he's immediately like, I don't even like girls, so whatever. Um, he
2: doesn't even like girls, you guys. No
0: homo, though. No yeah, homo. I mean, it's supposed to be
2: like, it's, you, you know, it's supposed to be like, oh, I'm kind of a misogynist, not like, yeah, I, I'm super gay, but like.
1: <laughs> but like, also Fishiki Yuki. Uh, yeah. I see you.
0: Toski's honestly a much more interesting character if you read him as as a deeply closeted gay man in um in a country and a time period where like that wouldn't really be okay. Um, I'm prepared to shift him with the...
1: <laughs> <laughs> With my very shitty I memories mean... of how things go.
0: I mean, I'll i I'll fight you for him. I guess they can all share. Let's just O T three this so coach you can get in on it. It'll be great. Good plan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. but no like I like, like like the the weird way he kind of like goes out of his way like you said like villain's got a vill at the beginning and then just immediately drops it. Um to me is much more interesting if it's the sense of like, well this is what you're supposed to do in this situation. So, I think that's what I'm going to do even though I don't actually really want to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah. But on the I guess on the plus side it does and I this might be a good place for us to end because we're getting close to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um and we're on the, we're on the hour too. Um, it does give Miyaka a chance to be proactive,
1: which is yes, cool. She's so that. great during this arc. I she's, I just, it's good.
2: She's a much, much better character without Tamahome around because she has to rely a little bit more on herself. Like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, she's got her warriors around. But when Tamahome is around, she is all Tamahome all the time. And when he's gone, she's she's a little bit more aware of what's going on around her and like thinking more about um, what she can do in any given situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love when she, I love that she just straight up punches him when he tries to kiss her. And that's pretends to be a type, boxer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: then she's like, <laughs> I got this. Um, and then, and then when she's like, okay, I'll help you guys do this. And basically takes the lead on the uh, let's retake the mountain uh, quest and um i that that used to bug me um first of all i i, I also find that episode like generally pretty funny like mm-hmm. i think i think what tasse has has a very hidden sense of humor but when it hits it's it's pretty good yeah mm-hmm. um and toski and koji are kind of supposed to be like a man's eye routine which is fun um mm-hmm. like a like duet comedy from from osaka um but it used to it that arc really bugged me when i was younger that she she wasted all those slips of paper on food um but at the same time, I had not really realized this until watching it again. This time, she basically is the one who ta- who takes back the the mountain. Yeah. Like Toski and Koji do next to nothing in that final like fight against the other bandits.
2: Yeah, like she messes everything up, but she also like she bails herself out a lot of the time. Yeah, it, and when it yeah. Tomahon around. And, I mean, she, she sort of bails herself out by way of summoning Tamahome.
0: <laughs> Which was but, smart, like, going, hey, this would be a good thing to, to call to the battlefield. I'm not sure if she was thinking in those terms. I don't think terms, she was thinking about that. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think – I think she just thought it would be nice to see him again. But, I mean, she did end up saving the day sort of, you right. know, accidentally.
1: And so. I think it's the best balance – like, one of the best moments in the series that balances her foibles with her ability to have agency and, and be well-meaning and mm-hmm. to act within the logic of what, what mm-hmm. can she yeah. do.
0: And and to kind of have more charisma than I think I give her credit for, because, like, Toski and Koji really are like, yeah, we'll follow this, this kid we just met. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do mm-hmm. this. She yeah, can be on she's, our
2: team. She's very, like, she's very spunky and...
1: And even when she misses Tamahome at the end there, it feels like an end point after she's already done that and then is feeling mm. her feelings as downtime and it feels less soul-sucking and plot-eating and it works okay. Mm-hmm. If only we could have yeah. had this Miyaka for the entire series.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <sighs>
1: Extremely true.
0: I am cu- I am curious. She can. I continue to like her more than I thought and I'm very curious to see if that continues or if there is a particular point where I'm like, can't can't do it anymore, guys. She's She's... She's a bad character now, so we'll see we'll see how that goes as we as we go forward, I guess. Um, which might be a good segue into our outro. y'all, yeah. is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about today or
1: I mean we didn't talk about the plot device children, but I'm sure there'll be an opportunity in the future.
0: Oh, Tamahome's family. Yeah. yeah. We'll, talk, yeah um, we'll talk
2: about them later. Tamahome is
0: perfect now, you guys. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Um,
0: he need... doesn't need money just to support himself. That would be selfish. He should save villages for the exposure. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> I, that was all I could think uh, when I got mad at him. Badly, but yeah. We will Im- Emotionally
2: manipulative anime children is you know it's a thing.
0: They're a, they're adorable, and now we know why he's Ugh. he's not greedy. He just loves his family, Ugh. and it's it's fine. He's perfect now. Um, but yeah, we will definitely have time to talk about them later. So okay. um, yeah, if we if we feel like we hit we hit the main points, we uh,
1: yeah, I think we're good we for can, this uh, week.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Um, then folks at home, that is going to do it for today's watch along podcast. If you are following along with us, our next Fushigi Yugi podcast will cover episodes 15 through 20. uh, Just six this time. So brace yourselves for more road trip adventures and some serious shit hitting several large fans. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you you enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF, and we hope you did, it would be great if you could tell your friends or leave a nice review for us on iTunes. And if you really enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF, um, it would be even better if you could consider tossing a dollar or more to our Patreon each month. Um, your support really does go a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, uh, please check us out at www.animefeminist.com. We're also on Facebook at animefem, on Tumblr at animefeminist, Feminist, and on Twitter at animefeminist. And that's all I got. Thanks for listening, Annie Fam. Be sure to hit us with your piping hot takes in the comments, and we will catch you all next time. Thank you.
1: See you later. Take care.